Well, we give thanks for our children who help preach the gospel. They learn the gospel along with us, and then they help teach it to us and preach it so that we may hear what Christ has done. I give thanks for you children and all of the families who, uh, who are here this day and all who have ears to hear. So my brothers and sisters in Christ and all hearers of the gospel this day, grace and peace from God our Father and from his Son our Lord, the risen Christ. These are yours today. Grace and peace have come to you this Easter morning because Christ is risen. Now death no longer has dominion over you. Now sin no longer has its hold over your life. And now even fear and sorrow do not have the last word for you. No matter what you're feeling today, and you may be all over the map this day, that is okay, because Christ, who died for your sins, is risen from the dead. The stone that the builders rejected, as we heard the psalmist say, has become the cornerstone. That is, Christ was rejected by the chief priests, but not only them, by the Roman officials, but not only them. He was rejected by the people of his day, but even his disciples rejected him. And now we have to come face to face with the truth that even you have rejected Christ. But the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, for the tomb is empty. And though Jesus died on the cross, he now lives. And because of this, your sins are forgiven. They are wiped clean. And because of this, you will live too. And to that I say, Alleluia. Praise God. What good news we have to share this day. And we have it on account of God's word. Now, it may be tempting to try to prove this in one way or another, but God's word tells us, and through the Holy Spirit, now we have faith, because this word is trustworthy and true. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the psalmist teaches us to sing, I shall not die, but I shall live. These are your words now in Christ. I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, you may wonder, what does this mean? That I shall not die. How can that be? You might be wondering right now. For everybody dies, right? And here the psalmist knows that while death comes for all, for you who are in Christ, the sting of death is behind you accomplished in your baptisms already. As Paul writes to the Colossians, and we heard this morning, now I preach to you, for you have already died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. You have died already in your baptisms, so you can sing now with the psalmist, I shall not die, but I shall live. For as Christ was raised from the dead, so too will you be raised. And what a beautiful song this is for our ears in this old world, where the devil is still trying to scare you with death and scarcity all day long, worrying about this or that 
where this will come from, how this happened, worried about what you have done or what you have left undone. We worry about these things, and the devil likes to scare us with them. But now, whatever it is that you're worried about, you need not fear. Whatever it is that is keeping you up at night or your loved ones up at night, you need not fear, for Christ is risen for your sake. I know that some of you here at First Lutheran have been faced with death quite recently, and indeed, death never seems to go away. And we continue to try to put it off, to be healthy, to cure things, and this is good work. And we should do this, but death seems always to win. Yet I tell you now, Christ has won the victory over death, and not by allowing you to avoid it, though this might be what you would expect. But I tell you now, Christ has won the victory over death by bringing you through it and into his resurrection. For your life is hidden with Christ now. One of our recent funerals just three days ago was on Good Friday. In a beautiful twist, the gospel reading for this funeral on Good Friday was this Easter text from Matthew 28, 1 through 10. So there we are on Good Friday, a day when we heard in great detail about Christ's death on the cross and in the midst of the death of a sister in Christ here from First Lutheran, we heard this good news from Matthew. We heard that it was on a Sunday morning, the first day of the week, and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, were going to see the tomb where the dead body of Jesus was laid. Now, they did not come in joy. They did not come with praises, but they came in mourning for they too had lost. They had lost hope. They had lost their teacher and their friend. They had lost, in many ways, their future. And perhaps you have been there as well. Maybe recently. Maybe a long time ago. Maybe you're there today. Life not giving you what you expected. Sin having its way with your life. Death coming sooner than you would have thought. You're wondering what could be next. Well, the two Marys arrived at the tomb in this way, likely at the end of their ropes, having lost Jesus. But what else can you do in grief but go to the grave? Where else can you go? And so they went. When suddenly, Matthew says, there was an earthquake. And this is no good news. Earthquakes don't bring good things, but only destruction and fear. But this earthquake signaled the arrival of an angel. And angels must be strong because this one single-handedly rolled back the stone covering the tomb. Now, you try that with our tomb out here and see how hard that is. It might be easier than you think with this one, but I assure you, in Jesus' day, this was no small feat. But the angel rolls back the tomb, the stone in the tomb, and then, in one of my favorite parts of Matthew's telling of the story, the angel sits right on the stone. Beautiful. As if to say, take that, O tomb. Take that, sin, death, and the devil. Christ has conquered. Now, Matthew also says there were guards there at the tomb. 
they were there for a reason. They were also strong men, and they had a job to do. The chief priest sent them to make sure no one stole the body. And so they were doing this job, but little did they know that the Father had already raised Christ up to new life. They did not know this because no one had told them. And now that the messenger, the angel, had come, they were scared for their lives. And Matthew says they fell to the ground like dead men. Wow, that's pretty appropriate. But the angel did have a message to share, and the women who were there, the Marys, listened up. The angel said, do not be afraid. And then he preached from his stone pulpit. He said, I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised from the dead. As he said, come and see the place where he lay, and then go tell his disciples. So they did. Matthew says that they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy at the same time. But it wasn't long on their way to see the disciples that they came face to face with Jesus himself. And then they fell to the ground and worshipped him. And today, you are gathered here to do the very same thing with the very same Jesus Christ. Today, in the midst of death, in the midst of the grave, in the midst of sin and lost hope, Christ appears to the Marys and the disciples, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. For now and for you, Jesus appears in his word. As you hear it clearly this day, he says, do not be afraid, for I have defeated your death. For you now this morning, Jesus appears in the Lord's Supper where Christ says, receive my promise for you. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Christ is risen from the dead, and he is here for you now. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly, and so because Christ lives, you shall live. Alleluia and amen. Amen.